Welcome to the Geek Centric Podcast, and welcome to our review for Amazon Prime's The Boys Season 3. There's something wrong with Homelander. Welcome to Geek Centric. My name is Kev, and this is our review for The Boys, episodes one through three of season three. We figured that because the first uh, three episodes were dropped at once, we should almost take a look at them as an extended three-episode event, uh, and uh, what an event it has been thus far. Uh, and then, of course, we'll be back after the season finale to give you our thoughts on the season as a whole. But first, if you're joining us for the first time, this is Geek Centric, a podcast looking at the world of film, television, games, toys, and collectibles, and all things Geek Centric. Keep in mind that we will be going into full-ass spoilers for these episodes and for any of the previous batshit crazy things that have happened on this show. So if you haven't watched the first three episodes yet, be sure to do so and rush back here faster than A-Train running through Huey's girlfriend. <laughs> now, <laughs> now, before we put our capes and tights on, let me introduce you to my sidekick joining me today. Hairier than a northern yeti, more friendly than a Canadian border agent, it's a nerd, it's a geek, it's Nate. Hashtag release the Bork cut, am I right? Oh my gosh, dude. Um, and listen, you know, you might have already been able to tell by the way Kevin's talking, but this episode is, if you normally listen to the Geek Century podcast as a family, you know, you huddle around the little fireplace and put on your little <laughs> your little speaker podcast out of your little Hello Kitty speaker or whatever, uh, this is going to get fucking crazy. Uh, so <laughs> get ready for that. Yeah, I think, um, <laughs> I think we're earning the E, the explicit E for this episode. Finally. I think that's the only way it, that's <laughs> the only way it works for a show like this. It's going to be really hard to tiptoe around some of the things that happen uh, using our, uh, you know, our uh, our safe our safety words. So we're just we're letting shit fly here. We're going so for many it. explosions in every way. In every way. I'm so stoked to talk about it. Absolutely. Uh, now, before we do talk about this season, it's probably going to be a good idea to really quickly catch up with regards to where we left our despicable superheroes in this absolutely nutty satire of the DC and Marvel universes. In season two, we meet Stormfront, who becomes a member of the Seven. Uh, before long, we learn her true identity as Clara Reisinger, and that she was born in Germany over 100 years ago. Thanks to her plasma-based abilities, regener regenerative healing factor, and longevity, she looks just a bit younger. Uh, she was the first successful Compound V subject, receiving an injection from her husband, Frederick Vaught, a late geneticist for the Nazis who created Compound V, which, of course, is the, the secret and the, 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 the trick to uh, this whole superhero nonsense uh, in general. And then in the season two finale, Butcher's wife, Becca, confronts Stormfront, who tries to kill her, before Ryan, uh, a.k.a. Becca and Homelander's son, uses his laser eyes for the first time, amputating Stormfront's limbs, burning her face off, but also unintentionally killing Becca in the process. Whoops. Yeah, dude, he Anakin's, he Anakin's her, like, bad. <laughs> and he even loses his mom. <laughs> so in a way, it's like, it's, it's very Star Wars. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I've never thought of the similarities there, yeah. but uh, it's certainly interesting to think of. But, Having an uh, evil father, yeah. it's, it's all there, dude. <laughs> I, I, I guess with different characters. So what, is he the Luke then? I or guess so. He... I don't know. Maybe my analogy is getting a little messy, but that's okay. <laughs> 
Now, <laughs> now Stormfront's injuries leave her in a dazed state on the ground, muttering something in German. Uh, Homelader later announces in a press conference that she's been incarcerated, which might not be as true um, as that, as we'll soon find out in the first episode. Uh, really quickly, in addition, we learned that Vought is now attempting to stabilize Confound V so they can uh, inject it into adults. Queen Maeve stands up to Homelander to save Butcher and Ryan and to protect Starlight. This involves blackmailing Homelander with footage of the airplane passengers he forces Maeve to abandon in Season 1. Grace Mallory, who once worked as the deputy director of the CIA and later founded The Boys, informs Butcher that not only is he now a free man, but also that the White House is opening an office of soup affairs led by Congresswoman Victoria Newman, uh, who's sneakering, sneaking Mallory off the books funding for a team that can keep tabs on the soups. Butcher doesn't explicitly say yes or no to the gig, but something tells me he uh, the option is there for him. And then, of course, speaking of Victoria Newman, she recruits Huey to help her with her seemingly good intentions. However, the audience has shown that she actually has uh, what I would call mind-blowing superpowers. Oh, so mind-blowing. In what is, uh, it was quite the explosive little final sequence of season two there. All right, well, let's tidy it up here. We'll move right into episode one. Our first episode of season three is called Payback. The episode opens with a glimpse at the Vought-produced superhero epic Dawn of the Seven, which has clearly undergone some rewrites after the whole Stormfront debacle. At the premiere of the movie, Huey and Starlight have gone public with their romance. By contrast, Homelander appears to be doing everything in his power to move on from his torrid affair with Stormfront. We see him in a series of red carpet interviews saying all the right things, even though his eyes are telling a different story. Uh, next, we're introduced to the new working dynamic of Huey and Butcher, which includes superhero surveillance. As Huey describes it, just photos, no violence or maiming or torture or curb stomping or setting things on fire. All of Butcher's favorite things. Uh, we learn that the target of this, invest of this investigation first here is Termite, who we actually met way back in episode one of the series, and who's ostensibly this universe's Ant-Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, during a cocaine-fueled trice oh with a male companion, <laughs> and in an homage to many memes that were going around back in the day about how Ant-Man could be used to take down Thanos, yeah. <laughs> we get our first truly boys moment of the season. Um, I suppose it's safe to say the boys are back. What did you think? of our uh, reintroduction to this lurid superhero tale. Kevin, I I watched these three episodes on the, on a plane <laughs> home from Anaheim <laughs> and <laughs> trying to hide my iPad in so many moments. You know, I, I, I was lucky enough to get to fly business class uh, for the first time in my life, which I don't know how I can ever go back now. Let's just... You You'll never be that. able to go back I don't now. Think I it's can. a dangerous... It's so it's, good. That's a more dangerous path to walk down than up the uh, urethra of a, uh, <laughs> 100%, of a lover. 100%, <laughs> especially financially. But, um, you know, we got these little pillows because we had to sleep over on, on one of the planes. And I was using that little pillow to block, <laughs> you know, all these moments of a man crawling up another man's dick and exploding him uh, in not the way that you would imagine. Um, I, right, right. <laughs> I, I was, uh, I, there were so many moments where I was turning red and not just because I had a, a crazy sunburn um, watching the show on the plane, but it, you know, it, it is, it just speaks to the, 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 the style of the show. It speaks to the essence of what the comic books do. And, you know, in a lot of ways, it, yes, it's gratuitous, but it's 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 gratuitous in the right ways. It doesn't feel like it's doing it 
just to put a bunch of blood on screen. It it's, it does it for comedic effect. It does it for storytelling. It does it for shock value. And I I dude, I, the moment that happened, I was just like, okay, yep, this is this is the boys. I remember. Um, but I also loved you know seeing um, Homelander, and I think we immediately get a sense of his character in this episode. Uh, we we see he's definitely out of it. He's really not in a good place. Um, during the Dawn of the Seven premiere, I love seeing him in all the different newscasts. And, of course, you know, you see uh, Stan Edgar in the background just, like, luring over him, watching every single word he's saying. Um, and I just, I love, I love kind of just seeing this version of Homelander just kind of so out of it, so, so much farther removed than we've ever seen him before. Um but yeah, dude, I think it's uh, it's just it, he's and Anthony Starr is just incredible. He, I hang on every single moment with him. He's just he's terrifying, and they've always sort of played. We've we've seen moments about what would it would be like if somebody with Superman's powers was unhinged. Yeah, you know. But they've always sort of managed to keep him grounded. He's always had somebody there to sort of keep him focused and, and on the right, not maybe not the right track, but at least on one that doesn't involve murdering all of humanity. And and you know, as these three episodes go, especially, we're we're starting to really get a glimpse into what Homelander Unhinged might be like. And like you say, Anthony Starr is so good. He's so terrifying. Uh, it's chilling just the way he can fake that smile while also conveying a completely different sense of insanity with his eyes. He's he's really uh, a lot of fun to watch. And he, I mean, I, I don't think he says it in this episode, but within these episodes, he, he mentions like, I have nothing else to lose. You know, you can release that, 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 that clip of me on the plane and we see him and Maeve as they leave that plane. Uh, I think that was from season two, but he's like, you can release it, but then there's nothing else. And he starts describing in perfect accuracy, his plan to just destroy the world. And the scariest part is he just, he totally can. He's completely capable of doing that. Well, and it's clear he has thought about exactly what he would do if it ever got to that point, you know, and that's the scariest thing is that he has the potential to do it and he's planned it out. But we, we aren't quite there. We aren't quite there yet. Uh, just uh, to wrap up the rest of uh, some more important moments from the episode, uh, we see uh, Mother's Milk. He says that he's doing well on the right track, but he also shows that he has a very deep interest in a character or uh, a, a former superhero called Soldier Boy. Um, Stan Edgar, who you mentioned, uh, the head of Vought, informs Homelander and Starlight that they will be co-captains of the team, much oh. to each other's chagrin. Uh, that that's going to lead to some very interesting uh, moments of chemistry or a lack thereof. Um, Edgar's also seen explaining V24 to a member of the military, thus opening up what is obviously a huge plot of this season, the ability to turn anyone into a superhero for 24 hours. Um, we also get a scene where Queen, Queen Maeve explains to Butcher that the aforementioned soldier boy didn't actually die stopping a nuclear reactor back in the 80s, but was killed by something called BCL Red, which they postulate could be used to kill Homelander once and for all. Uh, in addition, she gives Butcher a vial of V24, or Temp V, as we're going to call it from here on out. I like that. Uh, finally, man, this episode is uh, uh, crammed. Finally, the episode ends when Huey sees Victoria Newman, his partner in the, the superhero surveillance business, talking to somebody who keeps calling her Nadia. 
Uh, soon, a fight breaks out between Nadia and uh, this mystery man. Uh, and Nadia uses her explody powers in cruel and tragic fashion. Oh, my gosh. Uh, just decimating this poor guy. And now Huey knows the truth. And we are fully underway for season three. Dude, it's it's like... I, th- I love seeing the journey that Huey goes on in this episode. He's in such a good place at the beginning of this Uptown episode. Girl. Right? Yeah, <laughs> it's so good. And, it, and you feel so happy for him. And you're like, fuck yeah, Huey, you get, you get it. Like, you deserve this after everything that's happened to him. I mean, the first few scenes we see with him, his girlfriend was literally run through, uh, literally, and exploded in front of him. Uh, so he, he deserves to have this life. And I love seeing him with Star and I love seeing their relationship and I love seeing his relationship with Victoria and with you know their working relationship and you know again she comes off so much as an AOC so much as a an Alexandria Ocasio you know Cortez and and she's just she's so charming and and I love that about their relationship and, and seeing what they're you know how they connect over the sandwich and things like that and it just makes it so much more impactful when he finds out that his whole year was a lie. And uh, and we, we get to kind of see that in the next episode. But I love that. I love, as we've already brought up, how fearful they are of Homelander. I think it's it's just, again, we've seen it before, but this has brought it to a whole new level where we just see all these instances between him. Uh, there's a moment with him in A-Train where it's just, you know, you can tell who who is who is on top of this food chain um and it's 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 fantastic i also wanted to bring up payback um it reminded me so much when they show that picture of payback i'm like oh the watchman there we go that's all big time watchman right absolutely um so good and uh and i'm i'm excited to talk a lot more about them as well and i think um the only thing i kind of wanted to bring up was the scene um near the end of this episode there's a moment where butcher is talking to Homelander. We see Homelander just standing outside of Butcher's apartment. He invites him in. They share a cup of tea. And it it very quickly becomes the... Like, at first I was like, is that them? Is that is he actually, you know, talking to Homelander here? Um, but I think it was very much him uh, convincing himself to take the V. It was him convincing... It was Butcher convincing himself to become everything that he hates. And this was the only way that he could possibly rationalize it was to create this persona of Homelander in front of him. And we do see it again uh, in these three episodes, but I loved that scene. I thought it was really powerful. And and again, even just bringing up, uh, even bringing up Billy Butcher, I mean, dude, Carl Urban is, he's just never left that character. He's so phenomenal as Billy Butcher, and there's so many funny moments with him and just the way he talks. And yeah, dude, absolutely fantastic first kickoff uh, of this uh, of the season. Yeah, it was, I, and I'm and I'm almost glad that we got a few episodes here because they really do feel like they they tell the first almost third of this season's story, and so having to wait another couple weeks to to get these pieces of information about what we're going to be looking at and, and and going through. I think it was a brilliant idea to uh, to sort of give us all all three at once. And I just have to say really quickly, speaking of the story, the fact that V24 is temporary 
yes, it's it fits really well within the world of the boys. It fits really well with Vought trying to perfect and militarize uh, the V compound. But it also feels like a really cheesy comic book rule. And I think it's cool that we've gotten to season three. And by now, because of the world is so established for people who have never really necessarily read the comics, they can sort of get away with introducing this very cheesy sort of like very convenient aspect to the story uh, with V24. And I, it fits so well. And I, I actually came, originally I was a little bit miffed by it, but I kind of came around to it uh, in, in just seeing, again, just sort of uh, forgiving them because of how far we've come uh, with these characters in this world. It's, uh, I loved it. Yeah, no, lots of really subtle, in a, in a show that's not often subtle, the, the, whenever they can weave something subtle into the, the story, it just shows how great the writing can really be, and it's not always, it doesn't always have to be in your face. Um, but let's move right on to episode two. The second episode is called The Only Man in the Sky, and I'd say compared to the explosive opener of, of episode one, episode two is almost more a settling of the plot where the gears are finally in motion. Uh, you know, the full ramifications of Huey's revelation at the end of episode one are explored, as well as the implications of, of what steers Butcher into uncharted territory. Uh, and I also love how episode two opens very similarly to episode one in that uh, we get the, uh, the the trailer for the upcoming deep biopic, <laughs> Not it's Without so My good. Dolphin, uh, so starring Billy Zane and the deep himself. <laughs> Dude, it was giving me Hallmark Channel vibes so desperately. I It's absolutely phenomenal. And just the fact that he's so into it is the best part. Like, I love how he's just, he thinks it's like a really important thing. Um, and that it's it's gonna be it's you know it's so important. I I absolutely it's his ticket to redemption. Oh yeah, he's Dude. completely sold. I mean, poor poor deep is just he's just lost. You know, yeah, hundred percent. He, really, he has no clue. It's 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 very sad, and and it gets worse for him as we go along here. Yeah, and it's 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 interesting with uh, the way you know Chase Crawford is is such a, a a charming looking character, but again, that's the best thing about these series is they can they, they flip these aspects on their head they give you the sort of the best looking of the group and they just make him this skeezy awful terrible human being who you know we're, we'll obviously talk about in episode three when he does encounter uh starlight but you you're just immediately reminded of that through uh through that moment of just the terrible awful things that he's done and and again it's just you you feel a little bit bad for the guy but then you don't and i think again this show even with characters like Homelander, do, does such a good job of sort of being like, these are the worst people I've ever seen. But in in for for half a second, you you sometimes are are out of that, and then they drag you right back into to how terrible they are. Um, yeah, every so. time they give them a glimmer of of humanity, they they strip it away and and make them monsters <laughs> yeah, again. Um, yeah, and it's always fun uh, exploring that. Uh, in this episode, uh, you know, we see Butcher attempting to get the boys back together, explaining his plan to take down Homelander, even though Mother's Milk is still refusing here. Uh, we learn that Soldier Boy had two superhero partners, uh, if you will, Crimson Countess and Gunpowder, uh, Gunpowder, the latter of whom Butcher confronts at a firearm convention, uh, which is just eerie timing with everything going on with that. Um, but I mean, it's a good way of, it's, it's, I, I enjoyed the, uh, the, 
you know the the mockery of of that whole culture if you will you know they really do bring that uh to the forefront here um uh you know and, and so butcher confronts uh Gunpowder trying to get more information on Soldier Boy. Uh, it almost ends very poorly as we see Gunpowder's ability to aim bullets almost at will. Uh, it's very much like James McAvoy. What was that movie? Uh, was it Wanted where they were yes, doing all the yeah, bent, and the, the curved bullets? bullets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Unreal. Uh, you know, and uh, Gunpowder almost takes out uh, uh, Butcher, but uh, later in the episode, Butcher confronts him again and uh, gets his revenge and. Uh, he reveals that he's taken the temp V uh, and using his new temporary powder uh, powers kills gunpowder real good. He kills him real, real, real good, real good. And that guy, again, you know, definitely another one of the monsters in this show. Uh, and I think that's kind of the whole idea with Payday. And we'll obviously talk about them more in, in episode three. But, um, you know, I I. I wanted to call out uh, the fact that Stormfront is still alive, I think is uh, crazy, at least at, at this point in the show. Uh, and uh, and just, it's just so gross. <laughs> like, not her necessarily, like her her disfigurement, just the way that she acts, the way that, that Homelander comes in and just gets a handy from her on the table. You see him lowering her her hospital bed. She can barely move. She has one hand, and he just zips and just talks to her as if she doesn't matter. She's nothing. It's all about his problems. Oh, it's just watching that moment. And again, another moment I had to cover up with the pillow on the airplane. I was just like, I can't, I yes, can't let people see yes, me watching that, this. That was another graphic moment. Um that uh, yeah, probably not a- appropriate for for people coming home from from Disneyland. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we and we will get to, to their relationship in just a bit. I did forget to mention that in episode one, so I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but elsewhere, Frenchie and Kamiko confront uh, the other of of um, Soldier Boy's partners, if you will, Crimson Countess. Uh, they do so at the Vought Amusement Park uh, before she escapes after blowing up a Homelander mascot. Um, A-Train is trying to get back to his roots, like in roots, get it? Uh, and the, uh, the results are not, not very great. successful. No, no. <laughs> I don't think it's working. Um, now, uh, in, in light of discovering, uh, the truth about Victoria, uh, Newman, Huey is investigating the Red River Institute. Uh, he discovers that the Institute is a refuge for superpowered kids, uh, and Victoria was taken there by Stan Egger after she killed her own parents in grisly fashion. Uh, but then, as you mentioned, things have soured between Homelander and Stor- Stormfront. Uh, and later in the episode, as he's tasked with saving a random stranger, news comes out that Stormfront has killed herself, which sends Homelander over the edge. Uh, later at his televised birthday celebration, Homelander lets his true feelings out, telling everyone listening, you're not the real heroes, I'm the real hero. Uh, and with that, we wrap up episode two with a completely unhinged and terrifying Homelander um, so yeah, what are some of your takeaways in, you know, going into the, the third episode here from, from everything we got here? I mean, I, again, I gotta, I gotta call out, you know, seeing Huey and, and Starlight having very real discussions about, you know, her journey and, 
and what he's trying to achieve. We see all of these characters, including Butcher, uh, including Homelander to a certain degree, just they're very much just struggling with what are they going to do next to deal with what's in front of them. And I, I love that we see that with Mother's Milk as well, his relationship with his daughter uh, and just seeing him become unhinged uh, and, and with his wife. And I think we see a little bit more of that in episode three. Um, but I, I love the little details um, with Huey and Starlight. I love him struggling to open the jam. And he passes it to her, and she just opens it, no problem, because she got super strength. Um, <laughs> I I had to bring up uh, the the boy band character. I don't even remember his name. Supersonic, uh, and his cringy, absolutely cringy song about a girl turning sixteen and getting her driver's license, and now get it's just it doesn't. Dude, the guy's super old. Like, why is he singing it? I but I do like that he recognizes it. He's not as much of a monster. He's just like Starlight. He's just trying to get ahead in the game. Um, but that led to a line from Homelander, uh, come drunk on your chorizo picante, which just floored <laughs> me to hear Anthony Starr say that so flawlessly on stage in front of him. And that moment where he's just like, you know, we see him looking at him like that. It was just absolutely uh, incredible. Seeing Mother's Milk trying not to swear in front of his daughter, I don't give a mother effing doo-doo was one of his lines um, that I absolutely loved. And I got to say, seeing Laurie Holden as uh, Crimson Countess, uh, especially at Vautland, right after coming back from Disney was hilarious. Again, we got to explore Marvel Campus at Disney. And so we very much were at the real world Vautland at Marvel Campus. And so seeing this happen and seeing her explode the the Homelander uh, mascot in front of those two kids was absolutely devastating. And especially how we can then relate that back to Kimiko, uh, where she talks about how her childhood was taken from her. um, And, you know, she's kind of forced to wake up and she kind of feels responsible for what happened to those kids as well. I am. I mean, well, and yeah, poor, you know, she's, she's had such a rough go since we met her and, you know, everything that's happened to her. And then she's had two moments here that, that, that you can see this sort of childhood wonderment in her eyes. And she's, she's, she's getting taken back to a, a better time in her life only for it to just be stripped away from her, uh, in often gruesome, terrible fashion there's there's somebody exploding literally physically uh to ruin her 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 hopes and dreams the poor the poor thing and and i i love how they they focus on on frenchie and they bring up sherry which will lead us to uh another character interaction that was apparently really big in the comic books from what i was reading um but uh i also wanted to call out again just how unhinged homelander is he literally is telling someone who's on the verge of suicide to do it and it's just and this is right after comparing himself to Jesus Christ like like it's it's just I, when you think he can't go further he does and i'm just so scared to see how much further he goes this season after just these th- these three episodes um and i also just want to call out it's crazy to see art imitating life with a celebrity blow up at a gala event like this would have been filmed before the Academy Awards, but still, this is like it's almost South Park level uh, of parody to our our real world situations, and it's just it's kind of scary how how that's lining up, man. Absolutely nuts. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a few uh, moments from that episode that are just dead on the nose, super timely. 
Um, and in a show where everybody's so awful, it's unfortunate that it's parale- uh, paralleling yeah, the real world as, as often as it does. Uh, let's move right into the third and final episode that we're reviewing today. It's called Barbary Coast. Uh, I thought this episode did a terrific job of showing us more of the history of the soups by giving us some action-packed flashbacks. Uh, we also get a toll before that into, or a glimpse rather, into the toll that Starlight's powers have on her physically as she deals with her smother mother during a super how, uh, superhero talent show when she Unreal. was a kid. Yeah, it's 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 really tough. You realize, you know, has she ever been doing this for herself, or has it all just been to make her mother happy? And that's such a tough realization. And it's so sad because that's again such a real thing. That's still happening every single day with these these pageant shows and with, you know, I, I, I dated someone who was in the figure skating world once and, and all the things, the problems that she had to go through because of her, you know, physicality visually, um, you know, it, it's just it's one of those things where. You know, getting a peak 17 years ago, I love how timely it is with the Britney Spears, though, I will say that was super like timely and, and, and fits that time. I hated seeing this little girl <laughs> singing this. It was very cringy. Um, but I did love the the bookend. And, and I know we bring it up a lot on this podcast, but the, the bookend of her with the fist, both at the beginning and then obviously we'll talk about the, the moment at the end. Um, but I just thought that was so, so perfect to to sort of put her at the beginning and end of this uh, this episode. Um, and again, the, the flashbacks with Payday, getting to see... Um, you know, our black noir reveal uh, was so very just there. It didn't it wasn't like a big thing that happened. It was just the character walked past the camera and we see, you know, black noir uh, for who they truly are. And uh, and and then we get to see what happens to them and why they become uh, black noir. I have to say this episode made me feel so much like Starlight is going to die. I feel like she's going to to be killed off this season um, just based off of everything that they're setting her up to be. I don't think she is going to get to lead the seven. I think, I think it's going to be a, a situation where we lose her and that's going to cause Huey to maybe step up and, and go further than Butcher ever has. I don't know. That's my, that's one of my theories. Wow, we, we we haven't even uh, done the full recap, and you're already jumping into predictions. I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, no, <laughs> I, I love that. it, I, and that's a terribly tragic but maybe spot on prediction yeah. on your part. Um, but let's we'll we can get to predictions really quickly here. I'll just recap sort of everything else that we saw uh, in the episode. Much to everyone at Vought's surprise, Homelander's outburst at his birthday party actually pays off. And he's up twenty one points with his base. And you, you uh, see, you see the I can't remember her name, but we see that assistant uh, go in there, the PR assistant, and he's just getting a full on, full on Hardy for her describing to him. And he's like, "It's not you. Don't worry, it's not you." He's so blunt about <laughs> but it. But also, she, don't stop. Yeah, but, but also, <laughs> don't stop. It's just unreal, dude. It's I can't go. Oh, can't get over it. Unreal. Um, the boys are also officially back together as Mother's Milk uh, rejoins the team in their new digs in the Flatiron Building, which I thought was a, a cool little, uh, uh, just a, 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 an idea fleshed out. It's such a, an iconic building, so that they're hiding out in there is really cool. Uh, the boys then go to visit Mallory uh, to learn more about Soldier Boy. Through flashbacks, we join a young Mallory as she meets uh, Vought's superhero at the time, Payback. 
The group includes, as you mentioned, Nate, a young black noir, who's actually complaining to a young Stan Edgar about not wanting to wear a mask, which would definitely be a mistake in just a few minutes as their mission goes off the rails. Over 116 soldiers die. Black Noir is just horribly maimed. And Soldier Boy is apparently killed by the Russians and their soup gun. So this is obviously uh, the information that Butcher wants as they uh, try to get their hands on something to take down Homelander. Uh, speaking of Homelander, he takes pleasure in introducing Deep back into the team, into the Seven, only to subject him to a cruel and evil initiation involving an eight-armed friend. Dude. Um, that was just so uh, uncomfortable but, to but watch. But even, like, I was like, I don't know if I can be more, what made me more uncomfortable. Him, like, having sex with that lady and then just looking this this octopus, which I had to skip that moment. I, I watched it when I got home, but I didn't enjoy it. Uh, and then we and then and then or him having to eat this guy whose name was Timothy. Like, and he's looking up at him with those little eyes. He has eyes. a family. He has, he has a, a family. family, dude. And just seeing again, just seeing this happen and just. Again, you just see a great performance by Chase Crawford and the moment with the the ink. Oh my gosh, dude! Absolutely disgusting. <laughs> um, and I, it's just the show is just finding new ways to make you feel so uncomfortable. Um, and I just that moment was was harrowing. Uh, absolutely. Uh, in addition, uh, Homelander makes it known he is running the show right now. Uh, by introducing Starlight's friend, Supersonic, who we've mentioned uh, as the seventh member of uh, the Seven against Starlight's wishes. Uh, Homelander also reveals to Maeve that he's he's basically a loose fucking cannon now. Uh, he dares her, in fact, to release the footage, as you mentioned, from the airplane, uh, lest he be able to unleash his true devastating powers. You know, if, he, if, if he's not going to be there for the people for peace, he'll rule in fear because he's Homelander and he could do whatever the fuck he wants to do. Uh, and and as we mentioned earlier, that the plan that he has laid out in terms of I would take out Washington first, then maybe I'd take out, was it New York or Los Angeles? Dude. Just for fun, I mean. How he would take out the internet. Terrifying. Like, it's it's just, again, <laughs> all, he's... All the infrastructure. He's so calculated with it, and he just, for him to have that in his back pocket is one of the the scariest aspects about it. And it's just the fact that he can just sort of take out any of these characters at any given moment. It's just, it, it's nuts to me that he hasn't already broken that far and, and, and really just gone for it. And I think we'll, we'll get to see it. And again, I think it'll be because of the fact that Starlight ruffles too many feathers, especially uh, given with what happens uh, right at the end of the episode. Well, yeah, then they're recording uh, the episode for the, the reality show, and Starlight just shocks the world by, by kissing Homelander, uh, suggesting maybe she's got something planned or up her sleeve. I mean, she's certainly trying to ruffle some feathers. Right. We see him uh, sort of force her to to be in a relationship with him, a fake relationship. Uh, and it's interesting how the show, like, originally I was like, oh, they're going to be doing, like, a love triangle thing between Supersonic, Starlight, and Huey. And then for, for him just to come out of nowhere and just, again, it sounds so gross, but to force this relationship to become a thing is absolutely terrifying and, and awful. And it's just to see her, again, just sort of stepping up and, and just taking that moment with the fist behind the back 
it just emphasizes so much that she's like she hates every second that she's there but she's doing it because she needs to move forward she needs to uh, ultimately take this guy out and uh and it's just crazy it, it that moment i was like what is she up to how is this gonna work uh and i i again i keep saying i think we're gonna lose her i hope she gets the upper hand i hope she she takes him out but this show unfortunately doesn't normally end uh in in happy ways uh for our main characters well no and and you've already mentioned that as a, a big prediction do you have any other predictions or thoughts on where you think the rest of season three is going to go yeah I, th- I i well obviously we're going to learn more um about victoria newman uh the fact that nadia is uh, very much stan edgar's daughter essentially uh he raised her um and and kind of just learning a little bit more about that i'm very interested to see um where that that bald woman, I can't quite remember her name, but from the previous season who escaped the facility, um, who has a very similar power that she can explode people. I'm wondering if that is going to be their defense against Victoria Newman uh, and if they're going to be able to bring her on the team with the boys. Um, And I also, as much as I hate to say it because he sounds like a truly terrible person, I think we are going to get to see a team up with Soldier Boy as a way to go against Homelander. I think he's going to be very integral to it. Um, from what we've seen in trailers, he's an asshole. He's, from what we've already seen, he's very much, um, you know, he's he, he thinks in that very misogynistic way um, where he's, you know, he's talking to uh, to Grace. But he's, uh, yeah, dude, I'm, I think he's going to be a lesser of two evils situation. And they're going to work with him to try and take out Homelander, um, but I'm 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 I don't know if it's going to work. I feel like I feel like we're going to be amped up to see this guy do something crazy, and then it's just going to get shot down really harshly, and he's just going to get taken out so easily. <laughs> well, and then will it come down to to maybe Butcher? Um, you know, is he going to struggle with? Did he enjoy having those powers? Is that totally. something he's going to relish doing in 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 order to to take down Homelander himself? So I think I think that's sort of going to be a huge arc to the story, and and hopefully the boys are able to rein him in or at least uh, help him do it in a productive manner. So I certainly think that uh, that's going to be something we explore this season. Uh, but I think. Uh, for now, it's time to wrap up and give uh, maybe just a, a brief overview of our overall impressions of the three episodes and our final score, which will be uh, we'll do it for all three sort of as a chunk here, which, uh, which is fitting uh, <laughs> as we're going to be doing it on a scale of one to five squishy exploding body parts. Oh, my gosh. I thought you were going to say explosions. I thought maybe that could have. Oh, we could do. I didn't want to specify it to just one of the explosions. <laughs> one of the body parts. That one's going to be hard to shake. <laughs> Very hard to shake. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, this these three episodes, as I said, you're going to cringe. You're going to feel awful. 
Um, it's 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 <laughs> it sounds like we didn't enjoy it when you say it like that, but uh, it very much is one of those things that it's just absolutely incredible to see the writing on this show, the way that they can take everything we love about Marvel in DC and flip it on its head. And they're really one of the few groups in in the industry that can do that. Um, and the way that they 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 touch upon social commentary, um, the way that they they sort of poke fun and and bring up these really sort of harsh uh, truths, all while still giving us these characters that we really do want to root for, uh, especially in someone like Huey or even Butcher um, and Mother's Milk and Frenchie and especially Kimiko. And, and, and to give us these characters like Ryan, who we just want to see have a normal life. Um, I think it's just, it's really well done. And, and the fact that we're at season three allows them to go even further than they ever have before in both ways that are realistic and scary and ways that are comic booky and silly. And I think that's the coolest aspect about this show. Uh, for these three episodes, honestly... They are fantastic. I feel like it can get only a little bit more crazy as we go on, um, but I've really enjoyed it. I'm going to give it four and a half Dicksplosions out of five. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I like we're officially changing it, and I am absolutely <laughs> yeah. A-OK with that. Uh, I think really where, where this season has shined so far is – as outrageous as some of the things we're seeing are, it's so grounded in our reality, the yeah. commentary that they're making on on certain aspects of culture, uh, that it, it's really, really an important show in that regard. It, it, you know, uh, that, you know, they're, they're surrounding all these monstrous superpower characters, but they're all grounded in the the root of evil in our own humanity uh, in such a way. It's, it's really, really impressive to see uh, that said, because we're on season three of a show here, you, we, like you mentioned, we're so attached to these characters that we're rooting for, and the stakes just keep getting higher and higher with the evil and the threats that they're facing. And and a show like this does such a good job, of, you're never quite sure if anybody is truly safe. And so you're worried for these characters at every twist and turn. Uh, and I think based on some of the more fun aspects of the show, the fact that we are three seasons deep, we kind of know what to expect. I think if in the first episode of this show back in season one, if you had a tiny little Ant-Man crawling up somebody's penis and blowing them up, I'm not sure how an audience we would have, as an audience, we would have taken it. But because they've conditioned us to expect these things, they are able to... Yeah, they're up. Yeah. They're able to up the ante and 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 increase the stakes, and and it is it is fun to squirm and laugh out loud at these ridiculous moments. Uh, ridiculous, uh, oh. being the key word. And so I'm excited <laughs> to see just how far they push the envelope, not just with those crazy moments, but with the real moments of these these really well developed characters. And uh, fingers crossed uh, that our favorites make it out a okay. But for a start to the the series, I was really, really impressed, blow, uh, impressed, blown away. I'm giving it four point six out of five. Dicksplosions. Yeah. All right. Well, that's it for the overstuffed review episode for uh, Amazon's The Boys season three, episodes one through three. We hope you enjoyed it, and if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts if you haven't already. 
And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts or your predictions on the show we covered here, well, uh, why don't you just inject some temp V into your internet browser and hit us up at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or if that's a little bit too much like a coke fuel trip up a urethra, <laughs> you can hit us up on Twitter at GeekCentricYT or on Instagram at WeAreGeekCentric. Keep in mind, we also have a ton of other amazing episodes covering the latest and greatest shows and movies out now, including our interview with creators of the Disney Plus series Miss Marvel, Adil and Bilal. Uh, we also have our Watch Club series for Miss Marvel which starts this week. Uh, but first, we have our spoiler-free review for Miss Marvel, which came out just yesterday, so be sure to check that out before the show hits Disney+. Plus. We also have our watch club for episode four of Obi-Wan coming out later this week. We have reviews for Stranger Things season four, volume one, and for Bob's Burgers. Plus, we have an incredible giveaway that is awesome to infinity and beyond. Disney and Pixar present Lightyear in theaters on June 17th. But for our listeners in Toronto, Montreal, and Vancouver, our friends at Disney Studios Canada want you to answer the call and see Lightyear early on June 15th with three other space rangers. So we want you to hop on Instagram, make sure to follow us, comment with your city, and tag three members of your crew for a chance to win four tickets. We'll be giving away a set of four tickets for each of the three cities mentioned, and the giveaway closes June 13th. Plus, we normally have our weekly This Week in Geek episodes where we break down the latest trailers and news every single Wednesday. We are just so loaded with uh, new shows, new watch clubs, everything. We're taking the week off, but we'll be back next week with our usual goodness there. Uh, so give those sh episodes a listen and leave a five-star review if you don't mind. But until next time, Nate, thank you so much for joining me. And as we say... R.I.P. Timothy. Love you. Uh, but I love calamari. <laughs> Get home safe, guys. <laughs> <laughs>